0: Good morning everyone, good to see a few of you guys jumping on right now, good morning Alison, morning Graham, five, Vivi, Marat, Jignesh, uh, Adrian, Aaron, good to see all you guys, hey hey, welcome to uh, another Wealth Coffee Chat, Tuesday, terrific Tuesday, good morning Sharon, good morning Alexis, great to see you guys jumping on, Linda, uh, welcome along, fabulous to have you here all up and running right now, which is great. Uh, Do quick intros while we're letting people uh, get themselves sorted. Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that already, but if you don't, if you're new, if you're wandering by, you found us on purpose or accidentally or whatever it is, welcome. Uh, Welcome to Our Wealth Coffee Chat where we hang out, a few mad keen property investors, and uh, we talk about, The idea of investing in property, creating wealth, creating cash flow, creating some valuable uh, asset for you uh, and your family and your goals and dreams into the future. And um, so welcome along. We've got a couple of sayings around here. Buy, well, never sell. I'm a big believer of owning a piece of real estate for as long as you can, if not forever. And, uh, uh, you know, if you look at real estate and uh, you're not prepared to own that thing for a long time, then don't buy it as far as I'm concerned. If you're buying and selling, that's a different thing. I call that a business. I call that trading Um, and that's not what we talk about here. We talk about buy well, never sell. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. If you own property for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, then uh, you're going to be very happy and especially if you buy and own uh, really good, high-quality property. That's the idea. That's the gig we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm sure there's other ways to do things. I'm not that naive, uh, but this is the way we do it round here, and it seems to work extremely well. So there you go. Hey, Warren. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, you can, you know, these days with a bit of technology, you can tune up. It looks like I've been to the beach. <laughs> But uh, thanks for the shout-out, mate. Hey, listen, today I wanted to talk about leverage. Now, leverage for all of us, uh, unless you're, you know, sitting uh, on a pile of cash, you've got a, a lot of cash under the bed, uh, leverage is going to be absolutely vital for you as a property investor to get your mojo on, to get your momentum when it comes to building your property portfolio. We're going to talk about that today, some of the pros and cons of leverage, but a a few of the sort of the game plan around leverage across the different stages of building your property portfolio. And um, the idea, there was a bit of a shout-out yesterday. Someone said, hey, could you explain equity arbitrage a little bit more? And I'm going to talk about equity arbitrage as well uh, a little bit at the end of this, but let's talk about leverage. Let's talk about the idea of taking two things that you might have and turning them into something else. What are those two things we all start with, ladies and gents? Put it in the chat for me. There are two things that we all start with. Hey, good morning, Laura. We all start with as property investors uh, when it comes to you know getting this uh, getting this gig going. Um, let's try that one. There are two things that we start with, and uh, we turn them in to a property portfolio. Okay. Uh, For most of us in the world of investing, uh, 99% of us start out at this point. Number one thing you need as a property investor uh, is this, which is, yes, uh, Alison, good. You need a deposit. I'm going to put a deposit as the second one, but you need a deposit. And what else do you need? Um, And uh, Sharon said it there, you need a deposit and an income, a job. An income, something steady, something the lenders, the banks and the institutions of the world who are happy to lend you money um, need to know that you can afford it. So you need an income uh, and you need a deposit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rebecca, 100%. You can use equity, home equity, but before you had a home, uh, before the first property you ever purchased and you, you got some equity assistance per se, let's say, when it comes to you building your property portfolio, you needed a deposit and you needed an income. We all start there, which is fantastic. And we now uh, we now have decided we're going to deploy that into the world and get the most out of what we have when it comes to our property investing, our ownership, our acceleration into the future. So let's talk about what that might look like, some rules of engagement when it comes to you and building your property portfolio um, as we go through this um, uh, this thing called a marathon, not a sprint, all right? So everyone knows the three stages. If you don't know the three stages, um, hey, Roz, good to see you all the way from the sunny coast. It's not so sunny today here in the Gold Coast. Um, and morning, Kevin, all the way from the States, if I remember correctly, Kevin. Um good to see you thanks for joining and uh Rodney mate uh how you doing good morning so the acquisition stage uh the consolidation stage uh and the lifestyle stage okay when we talk about buying and building our property portfolio across these three stages and these stages might um might take us well they will take us to do this very well anywhere from 15 to 30 years. Now, it depends on where you are right now on that journey. Um, um, Someone's all the way from Cairns. It's been bucketing down for weeks, hasn't it, Um, all on the East Coast. Welcome all the way from wet Cairns, folks. Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, we're talking about this. We're talking about what is it going to take, leverage, the idea that you can take an income, a deposit, and turn it into much more in value than the, the deposit you put down, which is, which is fantastic. That's what leverage is good for. So when we're talking leverage here, folks, when we're talking the ability to borrow money at a certain percentage, um, let's talk about what that looks like. Give me a little bit of an idea in the chat right now. When you're starting out and you're buying your first home, This is kind of like a, um, you know, you get a one-shot wonder at this sort of 1st homey stuff. But tell me, the loan-to-value ratio, the ability of the ratio of percentage of deposit to the rest of the loan, what can you borrow to uh, when it comes to your first home? Um, Chuck that one in the chat for me um, as we go. So let's do this, and we can talk about as we roll um, how this... uh, how this comes together because you can see this progress as we talk about leverage this morning and what we do about it as our leverage becomes, let's say, uh, less attractive. All right, so chuck that in the chat for me now. Let's say your first home, you're a first home buyer and then investor, okay, as we go along. Um, tenure saying 90-10. Yeah, that, that's certainly uh, uh, doable, uh, tenure. Um, in here, you can borrow up to 95% as a first-home buyer. Lots of first-home buyers with their first properties can borrow up to 95%. Whether you do or not, it's, it's usually one go at it with 95% um, and if you've got a good enough income. Investment, for many of us, um, we want to be able to, if possible, to make our money go further further. Be borrowing at a 90% loan to value ratio. Okay. What does that mean? How does that work? Very basic terms. You guys know this already. Uh, if you had a $50,000 deposit, you can turn that into a $500,000 property. $50K turned into $500,000. $100,000K, $100,000K, <laughs> 100K, 100000 k 100000 dollars k 100000 dollars turned into a million dollars worth of real estate, a million dollars worth of real estate, okay? So for me, for you, as we look at leverage when it comes to these stages of investing, it's important to understand the, the opportunity and um, maybe there's some of the pros and cons of that, which we'll talk about in a minute. So in the beginning, in the uh, early stages your your PPR, your, your home, your principal place of residence, plus up to on average three to four investment properties, you'll be able to use ninety percent lending and get ninety to ninety-five percent borrowing when it comes to your leverage for most people for most people. If you've got a higher income, if you've got a lower income or whatever it might be, this is, uh, for most of you listening in, this is where we sit when it comes to our leverage action. When we're moving along and we've, we've got multiple properties now, uh, when we sort of see the ability for us to continue investing along, if you have a look, you, you know, you bought your, put your property there, you bought another investment, you've got another investment and you've got another investment, let's say you're building your property portfolio, what starts to happen with the lenders is they start to, um, well, your income basically, your job starts to run out of steam, okay? And over here in this consolidation phase, um, what starts to happen is the lenders will want to lend you less money and you have to put in more deposit as you're going forward. Now, that might not be a big deal. That might not be an issue. Um, And for most of us, that's fine. Once you've got four or five properties, if you can continue to get access to a bit more lending at 80% LVR, happy days, that's fine. No big deal, not a problem whatsoever, okay? So usually what happens is let's say it starts out at 90, goes along like this, starts to decline, and then over in this section here, which is the problem with leverage you, when you're a bit older, when you um, don't have as much income, let's say you're semi-retired, et cetera, et cetera. Now, well, the problem is, the problem is, folks, listen, you know, if you're 55, 60, the lenders are looking at you going, yeah, we're not going to lend them the money or we're not going to lend it for, for that long or we're not going to give them as good a loan-to-value ratio. So that becomes problematic. That becomes an issue for some of us if, you know, what's happening because what happens is this, team, is over here as we're traveling along, your values go up. Let's say this is where your property portfolio you grew and you have a, a, a quite a gap between what you can get Access to when it comes to your wealth, you know, you start out over here with a couple of million dollars worth of real estate. Over here now, there's say this this real estate's worth four million dollars, um, and you have a and you've got a loan of two million dollars down here, and there's two mil in the middle in the gap here, two million dollars worth of equity, and I see this all the time. Uh, I call these people the, the rich, poor people. They've got all this equity they can't get access to uh, to create some income or some extra wealth, okay? So here's the pros and cons of leverage. You know, you get started, you get cracking early. That's fantastic. It allows you to expand it. Um, but later on, there's some challenges here when it comes to leverage. So I hope that's making sense as we're going along. Leverage. Absolutely important. Let's have a bit of a look at the pros and cons or some of the pros and cons that um, are about this idea of leverage. When we're using money, we're using our money, our job, our ability to borrow our assets to get more money, to buy some more assets, which is pretty important for us to, to do. So some of the pros and cons of leverage using loans to accelerate you uh, forward. Um, Number one pro is it helps you expand your wealth, okay? It helps you expand your wealth. It takes your $100,000 and gets you exposure. It expands. You get coverage, you take $100,000 And you open up the possibilities to have market exposure to a million dollars worth of asset, okay? We'll talk about that in a second. It expands your wealth. It helps you expand your wealth. The con of that, the challenge of that, which many people can come unstuck with, is it it comes with a cost, right? It's not free. You guys know this? You guys know this? So, you need to manage your cash flow. Okay. And right now, right now, we're talking, um, everyone's keenly watching. What? What's everyone watching right now and, and sort of, you know, wondering oh, if I've got a lot of leverage, if I've expanded my wealth, but I have exposure in the marketplace, what's my number one expense? in my property portfolio, folks. Put that in the chat for me. What's my number one expense that I've got to keep an eye on that can affect my cash flow? Boom, interest rates, Alison. So what is the interest rates, right? Interest rates, okay? Um, And sometimes if we're not prepared and we don't have our buffers in place, uh, all of you guys will have buffers in place, you should. If you don't have buffers in place, you can get exposure that can cause problems. That can be a con. That can be a uh, an issue for you uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff. Now, the next pro um, uh, and a con, it can be a problem as well, is you can get a far better cash-on-cash cash return. Some people call this an internal rate of return, et cetera, et cetera, okay? What does that mean? Cash on cash return. Um, so if you have a hundred thousand dollars in cash, okay, and let's just say this, let's just do this: hundred thousand dollars in cash. hundred k in cash, and you put that into um the stock market, okay? Just a hundred K neat straight into the stock market, and um you uh You get a 10% return uh, on on that. Well, you won't get a 10% return, but let's just say you get a 10% return. 10% return equals 10K. Okay. Now, $10,000, that's pretty good. If you get a 10% return, you've got to pay some taxes, whatever. If you're doing the right thing, you probably won't um, when it comes to managing and minimizing your taxes, but let's have a look. So, 100K into stock, or you get 100K. You now turn that into $1 million worth of real estate, okay? So now you've gone from 100 to a, a $1 That now, um, let's say that real estate grows in value uh, 5%. Let's say you get a 5% rental return and let's say you get 1% back in tax deductions, right? Your result here, the combined result of that return when it comes to you and your value that grew uh fifty thousand dollars fifty k uh it you've got a uh, fifty thousand dollars worth of income and you got ten thousand dollars back in you got ten thousand dollars back in in tax tax deductions When we look at the cash against cash return team, see this 100K. Now, I'm not talking about expenses right now. I'm just talking straight cash and cash return. The expenses are something you manage. What's the percentage? What is the percentage of cash on cash return, right? Um, And it's over 100%. Gross, okay? Gross return. Everyone follow along? Does that make sense? Time frame tenure, call it 12 months, whatever it might be. I'm just using this as an example of understanding leverage, what internal leverage does. Internal leverage does, it gives you a far better return. It makes your money work harder, okay? Makes your money work harder, okay? Everyone cool with that? Now, on the flip side, on the flip side, That exposure also, it can make the losses bigger. Yeah, everyone understand what I'm saying about the losses can be bigger. So let's say this, that went down 10%. Let's say the stock went down 10%. Well, you'd lose lose $10,000. You lost 10K, okay? But over here... If that went down 10% on paper, you might lose 50K. Everyone cool with that? Okay. Now, for us, for me and you, we know in this space, buy well, never sell. Okay. We're going to own this thing for the next 15 or 20 years. These fluctuations in value are very normal in real estate. Okay. As you go. Um, and uh, uh, away we go. All right, who's that on there? uh you need to remember not everyone can waltz out and purchase a million dollar property as their borrowing capacity doesn't allow it yeah absolutely um for sure the challenge is for many of us uh our our income holds us back okay um and uh the idea that over time you start with whatever you can buy um whoever that give us a shout out in, in the chat whoever whoever's uh whoever's saying that comment um Uh, You start with what you can purchase and you build from there. Um, I've got many, 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 like more clients that I can possibly count that have got medium incomes and own multi-million dollar property portfolios. And that just takes time, takes time, it takes a bit of patience, it takes a bit of focus. But yep, um, your income is the number one thing that holds us back when it comes to borrowing, folks, um, as you go. All right, another pro, another con, okay? Um, A pro about leverage, like I said before, um, when you get exposure, wider exposure, when a small amount of growth happens, it increases your wealth faster, okay? Increases your wealth, increases your wealth faster, okay? So, uh, you know, when a million dollars worth of real estate goes up, um, you know, at ten percent, your wealth increased by hundred thousand dollars. That's what happens. If you only had five hundred thousand dollars worth of real estate because you were borrowing at eighty percent, okay, um, you can use the um, you can use the um, uh, you can use that money to get more, folks. Okay, so. What happens often is there's some misunderstanding of leverage when it comes to borrowing. Uh, someone will say, oh, you should, uh, you should just borrow at uh, 80% because it's better and easier, safer, whatever. But if you could borrow at 90% and your income allowed, you could go from $500,000 to a $1 million worth of real estate, okay, as we go along. So it can increase your wealth faster um, uh, as you go, but um, uh, also um uh, a con uh is your wealth can get stuck okay your wealth can get stuck team okay um because let's say your your value has grown and this is where your wealth gets stuck okay what can i do with it now i've got uh, a lot of equity and this is what's happened in recent times this last couple of years a lot of people have got quite a lot of equity And their wealth is stuck in these properties. They don't want to sell those properties, which I'm with you. I wouldn't sell. Uh, But now how do I create income and how do I create value and wealth into the future on that so There you go. All right. Uh, Hopefully that made sense today. Give us a shout-out in the chat. Um, Yeah, I mean, Alison's right. Like, you know, depends on where you are and what you're doing, team. Don't take one opinion about borrowing um, uh, as fact, okay? There are 113 lenders, people who will lend money in Australia to investors uh, and uh, homeowners, and there's lots of different ways to skin the cat and get your leverage going. That's why you've got to speak to a coach um, or a mentor or an expert when it comes to this stuff. Certainly don't take the, uh, the bank Johnny's... Um, the bank Johnny, uh, <laughs> the bank, Johnny's word for it. All right, hopefully that made sense today, team. Leverage is vital, vital, vital. If you get it wrong, it can bite you on the behind. If you get it right, it'll accelerate you forward. The biggest challenge for most people once you've got this part underway is your wealth getting stuck. I don't have time to do the equity arbitrage stuff today. But whoever asked me that, I was—I thought I'd get onto it today, but I didn't. But let's say uh, in the next couple of days, I'll do a bit of a refresher on equity arbitrage, team, and what that might look like. All right, team, that's it. A um, couple of minutes over. Um, great to have you guys on the Wealth Coffee Chat today. Join me again tomorrow, around about 8.05 to 8.10. I might kick off a little bit earlier, um, 8.05-ish, 8.08, A 10, something like that when it comes to our live streams. All right, that's it. Great to see you guys. Thanks for joining me, team. Bye-bye. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.